and welcome to episode 10 of Athletics Weekly's Ask the Athlete podcast. It's based on our Q&A video series, where we dive into the lives of world-class athletes through questions sent through by you, members of the public. What makes them tick? What's their mentality? What processes have made them the athletes and the person they are today? On this episode, we're joined by Dathan Ritzenhain, three-time Olympian, US national cross-country champion, and former 5,000-meter US record holder. He chats to AW about the beauty of training in Boulder, Colorado, varying coaching techniques, preparations for Tokyo, and so much more. Hi, I'm Dathan Ritzenhain, head coach of the On Athletics Club based in Boulder, Colorado. I'm a three-time Olympian, former American record holder uh, for the 5K, ran 1256, a bunch of world teams, things like that. But uh, now I coach the On Athletics Club, an internationally based uh, um, team with, uh, we're we're out of Boulder, Colorado. We have uh, have Americans, we have Australians, New Zealanders, Mexicans, and Polish people on the team. So we're a very uh, broad group, but um, I'm here for your weekly Ask the Athlete uh, for Athletics Weekly. Um, so we a- wanted you guys to send in some questions. Here we go. What inspired me to get into running? Well, when I was a kid, I started running when I was about 10 years old. My parents got divorced. Uh, my dad, he went through a total lifestyle change. He was a smoker, a drinker, and he went completely the other way. He joined a local running club, um, started getting into triathlon, and I just kind of started tagging along with him. And so before I knew it, when I was about uh, when I was in middle school, uh, I was about 12 years old. I was running quite a bit. I was I was biking. I was swimming, and I started to leave behind all the other uh, sports like baseball and football. And I ended up being really good at that. So I slowly transitioned over. I was lucky to be part of a really good high school team. Um, we had, uh, other national, uh, nationally ranked, uh, runners in our, in our, uh, in our high school. And we won some state titles and, um, it was really something that launched me into having a collegiate and professional career of running. Uh, next, um, is my coaching philosophy heavily influenced by training that I did myself as an athlete? Yeah, I, so I was fortunate to have a 16-year-long professional career. I was um, I, I coached I was coached under four four coaches over the course of my uh, my time in college and professionally, and things changed a lot for me over the course of those years. I had um, I I went to college at the University of Colorado, and uh, my coach there, <clears throat> you know, Mark Wetmore, he was a big disciple of um, of Arthur Lydiard. So started to learn about, uh, some of that and, uh, followed that as a athlete in my late teens and early twenties. And then I actually moved fairly early on in my career into doing the marathon, which I kind of regret now, but, um, but at the same time, I, I, I developed a lot of, uh, uh a lot of aerobic, uh, ability then, uh, my coach, my first coach, uh, he was, uh, very heavy, uh, uh, Renato Canova, um, disciple. So, um, so we continued the progression of my training there. Then my next coach, uh, he was, 
he big um a big believer in speed development and so um so it was a uh, completely different from what I was doing before and then my last coach um definitely at the end of my career very moderate training um across the board no, no one thing was too big um running on fatigued legs so as I moved into my own coaching now I do take some of those principles but it really it is all mashed up into some of the um to things that look like it could have been from any one of those programs. So, uh, that kind of leads into the next question. What are some of the key workouts? Are they the same as my days? And, and I do use some of those, those same workouts that I used under my, uh, my other coaches when I was, when I was a professional athlete. Uh, but the biggest difference I think is that, um, that maybe I have my own touch on things. I, I move them around in a different, uh, in a different capacity. And so, I try to, I try to individualize the training for each one of our athletes. So if it's, uh, maybe we have a 1500 meter runner, like Ollie Hoare or a 5k, 10k runner, like Joe Klecker, I try to, I try to individualize the training for them, uh, because they both have different strengths. Um, but well, I do use some of those same workouts. I mean, uh, one of my coaches, Alberto, he used to have, 600 breakdowns. And we'd always do those for speed, speed development, six, four, three, two. And we would do that, uh, three to five times. And we still do that with my athletes, but, um, but I've kind of changed some of the rest and things like that, uh, to things that I think work better for our athletes. And so, Oh, which athletes from before my time did I think would have given me the greatest challenge in my career? Oh man. Well, uh, well, I, I ran for quite a long time. And so I had some, uh, I had some rivals at the time. Alan Webb was a big one. Uh, Ryan Hall, uh, very good Americans. And, uh, even early on, I mean, some of the, some of the Brits, uh, like I remember racing Mo Farah when in 2000 and, uh, 2006 in the in cross country. Um, and so I went over to the Belfast cross country championships. And I remember meeting him there and think people thinking that he was going to be this next great runner and he wasn't that great yet. But, um, but, uh, but before that, you know, some of the people in the nineties, I think, uh, you know, we, we kind of were in a low period of time, uh, in American distance running where we weren't that good. So, um, so I think I'd have to go back to the eighties actually, to even see some of the really great cross country type runners like Craig Virgin and Pat Porter. Um, those guys were, were really great cross country runners like myself. And so I think that those are the guys that would have been really big challenge for me and people I looked up to as I started getting into running. All right. Do I, do I still use any of the aerobic principles and sessions from my time with Brad Hudson? And what were the key things you learned from him in your earlier days? So as I talked about earlier, um, you know, having four different, uh, four different coaches over the course of, uh, my college and professional career, Brad Hudson was my first collegiate or first, uh, coach as a professional. And he was the one that was really a disciple of Renato Canova's. And he, he's the guy that kind of took me, uh, took me to the marathon pretty early and, well, I do think that some of that long training, the aerobic uh, development that we did um, contributed to me being able to run 1256 for 5K and um, 60 minutes for half marathon. I do think it was a little bit much uh, for someone at my age, and I think I probably should have spent a little bit of time developing on the track for longer. 
And so, um, so while I, I do have some things in my training program from Brad's, uh, from Brad's training, our group is really more middle distance oriented. So, um, I think that we don't do, we don't do as much, uh, long aerobic development at a really hard uh, pace that I did when I was training with Brad. Instead, um, we spend a lot more time on the track. We're on the track usually twice a week, uh, half the year. Whereas with Brad, it would be, oftentimes I would, I would go for a month or two without being on the track. And so that's a big difference. Uh, but I, I do uh, think some of our, our long distance runners like Joe Klecker and, um, and, uh, Alicia Monson, who I do think will be marathoners eventually, I could definitely see using some of those principles with them later on. And it's just, uh, they're so young and I don't want to make the same mistake that I made and doing a marathon at 23. I think that I, we will push the, push that down the road a few years for them. Uh, next someone says, Dathan, I read that your coach said you walked around in 14 minute 5k shape without training. What do you think contributed to this natural ability to always be in reasonable shape? <laughs> well, uh, talent is essential to being a great runner. So I don't think I walked around in 14 minute shape without training, but I didn't have to run very much to, to be in that shape for sure. Even now I'm, I'm 38 years old and I've been retired for over a year, but I still run 40 to 50 miles a week. And I think if I had to, if my life depended on it, I could get pretty close to 14 minutes, uh, in a race, but really you have to have, you have to have talent to be able to do that without talent. It doesn't matter. So, um, so for me, you know, I was blessed to have parents that was a genetic an anomaly because neither of my parents were really good runners, but, um, but there probably were some, maybe some recessive traits in there because, um, I was able to, uh, I was able to train pretty hard. And when I realized my potential, I was able to, I was able, I had the mindset for it too. And even like now my son is, my son is 10 and he runs exactly like me. He's a really good runner. Um, and so it's just genetic, I think at that point, but, but he's grown up around it too. So, so for me, yeah, 14 minutes, that's probably the, that's probably the baseline as long as I'm running a little bit, but every year I get worse and worse now that I'm getting older. So, uh, next. Okay. What would you say was the greatest achievement in your career? Well, I had made, I made three Olympic teams, three world championship teams. Um, the American record in the 5k was probably my, my best performance. Um, like my most memorable performance, I think maybe would be the better term. But the greatest achievement, I mean, for me, when I ran, when I was third in Birmingham uh, at the World Championships in the half marathon in 2009, that was probably like my, my absolute best race. It was a tactical race. And um, I remember I was running against some very good runners and was able to get third. And um, that was probably the best performance I had, uh, the most, most notable would be the 5k and the it was at Zurich it was back when it was the golden league before it was the diamond league. Um, and running 1256 was, was pretty special too. Um, next, do I have any regrets or would I have done anything differently in my career? I did say this earlier. I think that I didn't spend enough time developing on the track. Um, I think when, 
when I look back at it, I, I could have probably run more like mm, three low three fifties or mid mid three fifties for the mile or um, maybe three thirty three thirty four or so for the for the fifteen hundred. And if I think I had spent a little more time doing that and stayed on the track for a couple more years, I think I would have had a more linear um, uh, career instead of having as many injuries. Um, you know, the aerobic development that I did early on, it was good. It made me better, but I think I, I spent a little bit too much time bouncing back and forth between the track and the road. Um, and to really be great, I think you have to really focus on one. You have to, you have to focus there and get better. And then at the right period of time before you're too old, you have to make the switch, um, over to the marathon and you can have really good years there too. And I had a good long career, but sometimes despite myself. Uh, and so that's, just definitely something I would change in my career. Oh, next, uh, what was the inspiration behind the on athletics club and what's the goal for you there? So when I retired a year ago, um, and was approached for the job to take over as a head coach for the on athletics club, um, it was, uh, I didn't know a whole lot about on as a company. Um, the, the person who hired me, Steve DeCoker, um, I had known him from uh, previously from the running industry and we were friends. And so they wanted to, um, to start this team and, uh, you know, but it was the middle of the pandemic and um, it was a big leap of faith. But uh, I had an interview with Olivier Bernard, the founder of On and um I was just, I knew that there was something that they were ready to throw a lot behind this, uh, this team. And we, I, I did an interview. I, I talked to some of the athletes and I could tell that there was going to be something good. So we took the leap of faith. We moved from Michigan and came to Boulder and, um, everybody came in together. We have a group of eight and everybody, but Joe Klecker came from somewhere else. And we just knew that, uh, that this was going to be something good. And, um, so the company, you know, like it's a young company, we're only about 10 years old, but growing drastically, growing faster than any other running company in the world, um, these last few years. And so, uh, I think it's, we're ready to see something really, uh, some really big growth out of the company. And I think our team, our club, we want to have that same kind of impact, uh, for the company and also inspire some people. So we've got some really good young talent. And so that leads in the next one is someone says, what is it about Boulder that makes it the perfect place? And so when we started the on athletics club, looking at where we were going to take the team was important. I was living in Michigan uh, where I'm from and uh, very close to my family, my wife's family. And so when Steve talked to me about the team, he said, we want to have it in Boulder. That was really the only other place I would want to go. I'd gone to school at the university of Colorado in Boulder um, hadn't lived there in 13 years, but I still had friends there. I knew the town. I coached a couple of other athletes there. And I really believe that Boulder is the perfect place to train hard year round. for training camps. It's one thing to go to a much higher elevation or down low to sea level, but in Boulder, almost all of our team gets the, the, uh, the benefits that come with altitude, but they can still run pretty fast. Whereas if you go too high, I think if you go above, so right now we're at about 52 to 5,400 feet in Boulder. If you go much higher than that, it's very hard to do very quality intervals at a pace 
that is uh, easily um, adaptable for your race pace. So I find that here we can get very close without having to take drastic rests on a lot of the intervals. And so combining that with the fact that our team gets probably most, almost all of them get about 80% of the other changes in your blood chemistry and stuff that, that are good at altitude. I think it makes Boulder really an ideal place to train and live year round. We do go to other places. We went to sea level to do some really fast stuff in the winter um, and just for warmer weather. And occasionally we will go higher. We can get to from Boulder, we can get to nine to 10,000 feet in 30 minutes. And so combining those two, it really does make it the perfect environment. And then you just see all the other teams here. I mean, there's, there's tons of professional teams here. And so racing, um, training, whether it's running triathlon cycling, it's like in the DNA in Boulder. And so it really is a place where you could be inspired, train hard. And that's why so many athletes come here. And that's why we put the on athletics club as a headquarters in Boulder, Colorado. Next, how would you approach Tokyo as an athlete? And would the restrictions and uncertainty get, um, to get an athlete, uh, there help, would it help the focus of the track, the task at hand more? Let me see. Wait a minute. Sorry. How would you approach Tokyo as an athlete? Would the restrictions uncertainty get to him or would it help him focus on the task at hand more? I see. So, so this person wants to know if you're an athlete, there's all these uncertainties and restrictions. It's different from other ones. So is that help or hurt the athlete? For us, it helped our team because we were able to form the team with the one year delay in the Olympics. So we would not have had an Olympics last year. We'd go straight into the world championships. So for us, that helped us. Now, my team, my athletes, they're like everybody else. They want to be able to think about everything, the task at hand. And I can tell you from three, from experience being on three Olympic teams, this is completely different. There's so many things that we have to go through, but all these athletes, like any athlete that's competing at the Olympics, they just want to be there. They don't care that the, if there's no fans, they don't care if they got to do a COVID test every single day. The Olympics is the Olympics. It's the pinnacle of our sport. So while there's a lot of outside distractions and uncertainties, the most, the, the ones who are really in it are focused no matter what, and they will do it no matter what. And that's how my athletes are. Uh, in February, there were some reports that they talked about canceling the Olympics already. And I just told my athletes, don't, we can't control any of that. All we can do is be as fit as we possibly can in the first week in August. And we're going to do that, whether it's in Tokyo or somewhere else, no matter what, that's what we're going to do. And so I think that's helped our athletes. And so, you know, removing, you know, some of those uncertainties is never going to be there, but just focusing on what you can control is what matters. And for most of the athletes, I think it's going in knowing that they can get as fit as possible. Uh, next, how, how is Dathan helping his athletes deal with a very different Olympic experience? So I, I just talked about that a little bit. We, you know, my athletes, um, I can, we can control our workouts. We can control our training environment. So we go to some races when we can, Ollie came over, he was able to get over and run the first diamond league in Gateshead. Um, so when we had that opportunity, we jumped on it. Um, and so we just take every opportunity that comes to us. And so if that means 
we got to fly over two days before the diamond league and race in a high pressure environment in Gateshead. We do that. That means we have to train and then race a race in California. When it pops up, we know there's going to be good competition. We do that. And so I try to get my athletes fit. And so if they know they're fit, they trust their fitness, they trust their training. It doesn't matter when the opportunity comes, they'll be ready. And so that's what I try to do for them. And I think that that helps in general, that helps no matter what you can control these variables, do it, what you can't control. Don't worry about it. All right. And lastly, if I had a message for anyone looking to get into running with the aim to get to the Olympics, what would that message be? Well, I think, you know, starting passion early is important. So getting your kids involved in running clubs and uh, things like that, park runs, that stuff's super important because uh, those kids, you, they don't have to train hard. They don't have to be Jakob Ingebrigtsen on a treadmill when they're 11. Now he's doing amazing. He's one of a kind of talent. But my son is 10 years old and he has a running club. And he goes there twice a week. Sometimes they play games. Sometimes they run hill repeats. But just being around it and starting to get involved in it, I think that's important. And it's something that the UK, I think, does really good in general. You have a lot of kids who know who Mo Farah is. Or, you know, your athletes in the UK are looked up to as sporting heroes. So it's something that we, all of our kids in the US, it's a bigger country. A lot bigger sports sometimes take over. But if your kids can start to be fans of running, they don't have to necessarily train hard, but they can start to learn about it. They can start to get excited about it. And if they start having dreams about running in the Olympics, then the training will come. And if the talent is there, then they get in the right environment, then then maybe they have a chance one day. But being being around it and being in that environment and creating excitement and passion about it, that's the most important thing.